Baines Plus One. You're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, the show where each week I have one notable guest and delve into their lives like a weasel delving into a power cable for lunch. This week I had brilliant comedian and heckler squasher Laura Lex. We talked about the video which went viral of her squashing a heckler in Brighton. We also talked about murder mystery Hindus and being a wife and comedy. So enjoy. It's time for Baines Plus One with Samantha Baines. She's here, my special guest. Laura Lex is in the studio. Hello, thank you for having me. Here she is, all the way from sunny Brighton. Yes, well, sunny London today. I know. I had to text my brother, because my brother lives in Walthamstow, and I had to text him, like, is it as nice in London as it is in... (laughs) Am I going to turn up in sandals looking like the biggest (laughs) Brighton chump you've ever seen? But you've done it as well, you've nailed it. Well done, London. Thank you. I think I'm going to take <laughs> take the credit on behalf of the whole of London. Um, I'm going on holiday as well tomorrow, uh, so I just going? feel like I'm on holiday now. Yeah. Sicily. Oh, yes. Hello. Nice. Knowing me, though, I'll go there and it'll be really cold and yeah. it will be a heat wave in yeah. England. Do you holiday regularly or no, is it... I haven't been for a very long time. Well, then you've definitely... You're, it's going to be like tsunami. No, I shouldn't say that. No. no it won't be. It'll be fine. It'll be, fi- it'll be the best ever. Thank you. Yeah. What have you been up to this week, Laura Lex? Um, I've been gigging left, right and centre this week. I Woo-hoo. I gigged with you on Saturday. Yes. We did the Funny Women Brighton Nights and then... And I accosted her and I said, please, will you come on my show on Thursday? <laughs> um, I've so... just met you, but I love you already. I want to see you again. <laughs> please, I'm so desperate. And you look like somebody that's not doing a lot this week. That's that's what happened. I was I was free today. Um, <laughs> one of a small pool of comedians that was not doing anything today. Um, but comedians don't do anything during the day, normally. No, 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 we don't. What no. do you fill your days with, usually? Um, what do I fill my days with? A lot of writing. That's what I meant to say. It's not true, though. I sit around <laughs> doing nothing. Um, at the moment, I'm actually, I'm up to my ears in planning the world's most complicated hen party for somebody. Oh, wow. Um, I've never planned a hen party, and I got excited, and I don't like spas or running around, which limits the number of activities. those two are very different things. No, but they're the two options, aren't they? If you're, <laughs> if you're booking a weekend for 17 women you've never met, you can either lie around and have all your cellulite rubbed, or you yeah. can run around and have somebody fire things at you, or someone will tell you to go ape or something something and I did not do that horrible so yeah. I've handcrafted a murder mystery oh that sounds great yeah. if you're ever trying to procrastinate writing an Edinburgh show <laughs> I really recommend writing a murder mystery from scratch well any any great character names that you can let us in on oh who's my favorite character name um I think Jennifer Lopez, the wedding planner, is probably my favourite <laughs> character. I'd lost a little bit of creative <laughs> flair by that point. But she's a wonderful character. She's having a great time. Lucy Morals, you might be able to work out as the slight slut of the group. Uh, oh, Lucy dear. Lucy Morals. Um, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting. <laughs> so when is this happening? Uh, three weeks. And you've created a mur- that is the be- are you the maid of honor? Yeah, that what is kind the best of maid of, maid of honor thing honor. ever. Thanks, thanks. When I was maid of honor, I created a really dirty quiz for all <laughs> of the hens to do on on behalf of the bride, and she was very embarrassed. And I I did I got the makeup samples, but that was about it. Oh, and that we just good. got drunk in London. Well, I was worried because she did my hen party for me last year, and I was 
sort of a bridezilla in the opposite way most people are, where I said, I don't want any surprises. You do exactly what I've said. I just want to go to Thought Park. I don't want oh any fancy things. I, I find, because of gigging, hen parties are like the worst thing in the world to yeah, me. We I did gigged have a hen on party my hen party. I emceed Comedia Brighton <laughs> while my hens were in the audience because I was so anti-hen parties. I was just like, look, we'll go to a gig, but I'm going to do the gig. Um, <laughs> so I wasn't wow. into it. So when I was planning hers, I was like, I'm not very organised and I'm not good at planning things, but I am creative, so I can write loads of stupid stuff. So I love this. That's what I've done now. For my hen party, apparently we might be going glass blowing. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, and good practice just for a being little. a good wife. Can't <laughs> say that's rude. Just don't think about it. No, we'll just say it in the way of obviously you create your own yeah, glassware. Absolutely, as a wife. I bet your partner, spouse, husband, wife to be husband. Husband. We're to having be. two weddings. It's very complicated, oh, but I haven't had the hen do yet. Yeah. When's the so first? So we are wedding? married. We've had. You're it. already married. Yeah. Congrats. And then we're having the hen do and stag do, and then we're having another wedding. Why? Because we're incredibly. God. <laughs> I thought coming to Hoxton like would be modern and exciting, <laughs> but I had no idea it would be quite this good. It is quite modern, isn't That's it? That's brilliant. Two weddings. I want all the parties. Please, plus one. It's Baines plus one with me, Samantha Baines, and the lovely. Laura Lex. Oh, she even said her own name on cue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's here in the studio. Laura Lex, it's time for your quick fire round. Okay. Have you ever been in a quick fire situation previously? Mm, not a good one, no. <laughs> okay. Let's see if this is going to be good. Okay. Here we go. It's the quick fire round. City or countryside? Countryside. Tea or coffee? Tea. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Pants or socks? Socks. Car or train? Car. Pen or pencil? Pen. Ketchup in the cupboard or in the fridge? Never anywhere. Adventurous or cautious? Adventurous. Facebook or Twitter? Twitter. Short hair or long hair? Short hair. Friends or family? Family. MC or headline? Headline, babes. Disney or Don Bluth? <laughs> Disney. The rescuers or the rescuers down under? Oh, rescuers down under. Somerset or Brighton? Somerset. Richard or David Attenborough? David. You passed. Thanks. Yes. Nailed it. There are a couple of ones you really struggled there with. Yeah. Well, rescuers down under, because rescuers is amazing, isn't it? And the animation quality on rescuers is phenomenal. But down under's got Frank, the, the fraud lizard. <laughs> Oh, it's brilliant. Joanna the Gowana. Okay. Oh, excellent <laughs> film. Marahute. Oh, oh. Too much. I think we know how we're spending the afternoon. Yes, we are. And why should ketchup never be anywhere ever? Because ketchup is disgusting. And it's basically like sprinkling a sugary... Well, it's like sugar paste on stuff. It's gross. Brown sauce, always mayonnaise if you can't get brown sauce. What about garlic mayonnaise? Mm, sometimes. But I feel like sometimes people focus too much on the garlic garlic and not enough on the mayonnaise mayonnaise right. is a delight in itself people take it seriously what about uh, nando's perinaise i dislike nando's <gasps> entirely i think it's dry and overpriced and i don't want to do the work for you bring me like i don't i don't want the halloumi and then nine hours later the chips and i don't want everything in separate dishes it's not a meal it's i really love nando's i'm so sorry 
I just um, it's think one of you're my wrong. favorite places. To be. Yeah, but um, they play the music. It's like ding 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 ding, ding <laughs> and eating your halloumi. You're like, oh, boogie yeah, on down. But your halloumi's come in its own separate little ceramic. That pot, is lovely. Like it needs its own space. No. Don't crowd it with all the other things on the place. There's so many good food outlets out there, and how Nando's has come to its place of prominence baffles me. Okay. If you want some dry chicken, come to my house of a Saturday and I will make it's you some dry It's not dry. Chicken. The peri-peri is delicious. No, the reason it's not dry is because they give you a range of sauces to drown it that in. That are so amazing. cover up the fact that they've served you a piece of cardboard. <laughs> it's British chicken. Oh, well, that's just another thing we can't do properly then. Okay, well, we could spend two hours arguing about Nando's, but I have more questions for oh, you. All right then. What's your biggest guilty pleasure? Um, oh, at the moment it's Gossip Girl. Oh, yeah. Um, I quite like a binge watch of TV and I feel guilty because I feel like you shouldn't watch loads and loads of TV in one go because you should create, not consume. But God, it's trash and I love it. <laughs> you should create, not consume. What You should create your own Netflix series. Well, or be working towards something. Like, I just feel like consuming is really anything. Um, but... Like, sitting and watching loads of TV is a nice way to spend a day when you need to relax, but then you get to the end of it, and although you've done exactly what you wanted all day, I just feel a bit like, oh, sort of wasted that one, didn't I? Whereas if I've made something, although the day itself was harder, I'd feel better at the end of it. Yeah, you don't feel like you've really achieved anything. No. Although I am an actor, and I write, and um, I don't write TV yet, I'm trying, but I am in TV, so I, I sometimes just say well that was all research yes which is very useful the thing with gossip girl (laughs) is i feel like i'm really researching the sort of tv i never want to make Uh, okay yeah well that's useful in itself (laughs) to avoid yeah yeah that thank you you've made me feel a lot better about that there you go what's the most recent lie you've told oh um oh I told the audience at my gig last night, it's lovely to be there. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Just having a good time. Do you have a go-to lie when you want to avoid doing a gig? Um, I very rarely want to avoid doing a gig because I think you're overestimating my popularity as a comedian. (laughs) Generally, if someone says do a gig, I'm like, yes, I will be there. Where is this gig? Is it? Yes. Okay. Um, No, I don't think I lie that often. I've got better. I used to a bit, and this year I've suddenly decided to be a bit more, um, a bit more businessy about it. So if I don't want to do it, I've started saying like either that's just not enough money, or no, it's not worth my while going, or something like that. So no, I'm quite, I'm getting better at oh, being that's like about about it. What if you don't like the person who runs it? Do you just say oh. to them, "I don't like you. Please don't email me again." It would depend on um, whether why I didn't like them. Why don't I like this person? I don't know. Because... So, I guess if they'd upset me in the past, I'd probably just ignore the email, to be honest. Because Lovely. the trouble is, as soon as you confront someone with your like dislike of them, they, it just keeps coming back at well, you. Well, exactly. And just all stream of, why don't... So if you just ignore it, then it's not What if they've been sexist? World. Oh, well, Which then... happened in a recent heckling video. <laughs> Good linking. An audience member. <laughs> if you didn't work for anybody that wasn't sexist in comedy, you'd never work. Well, yeah. So you just have to... You have to work out whether it's a sexist thing that you can change by being involved with this person or whether it's a sexist thing that 
is unnecessarily sexist and therefore you're upholding the sexism by being involved in it, I think. So, like, if it's a, a booker with a really sexist policy, let's say, let's pretend there was, like, a like a world-famous club out there that just very rarely booked women or okay. something. We'll and pretend. they offer you a slot. Do you turn it down on the basis they don't book enough women and therefore don't be a woman? Or do you go there, smash it out the park... And then open the doors for other women coming through. Yeah. And I think you do the latter. Of course. And then you get paid some money, so that's good, isn't it? And what about <laughs> and what about hecklers? Now we need to talk about this. Right, sure. So this was a video <laughs> of you where it was it at Comedia? It was Comedia, yeah. In Brighton. And Laura Lex was had uh, emceeing. Yeah, I was emceeing. And a, a member of the audience shouted out something slightly well, sexist I, and rude. Yes. And you slammed them down and the video went viral. It did Do you want to explain what happened? So, yeah, so I, I came out at Comedia to um, to emcee the show and I always start the show by saying, how is everybody? And it always gets a range of, some people go, oh, I'm very well, thank you, or awesome cheering or whatever. And, and one gentleman um, said he was miserable and so I sort of started chatting him and I said why are you miserable my darling and he said I was expecting a man and uh, I disappointed him with my um physical anatomy and um and so I I sort of um tore him to pieces for a while yeah um and it was great was fun thanks it was uh it was a pleasure to watch <laughs> via the medium of YouTube yeah, and then the thing, the reason I put the video out was that when when that had first happened, because I get heckled a lot, I've got very short hair um, and uh, I'm very small and I get heckled a lot, I'll, I'll quite often be called lesbian as soon as I, before I've even got to the really? microphone. I find this really interesting. I very rarely, touch wood, get heckled. Do you think it's because you're, like you said, you're short? I think and to have short hair. I'm very petite looking. I look like I'm going to be rubbish sometimes. <laughs> if I'm in a really rowdy you have a club look setting. Like that? Well, I don't look like a comic that if you are if you are the sort of person that's expecting stand up comedy, my mother-in-law, yeah. that is not what I look like. So I will quite often get get your tits out or something like this, or I, I get quite a lot of abuse. Um, oh my goodness! And uh, so I don't really mind it. It, it. Just kind of you go all right then, yes. Sure. I, on the other hand, look like I'm definitely going to do like oh your mother-in-law <laughs> jokes. I've got you know, that face. I never used to get heckled that much, and then I cut all my hair. Well, I shaved my head last year, so I've got really short hair at the moment with it growing back for charity. Um, yeah, I'm a really good person. Really good, um, and I've got a lot more confident in the last year. I think my stand-up has improved a lot and I think if you are the sort of person male or female that's going to be um intimidated by a strong woman coming out and doing something that is a traditionally male field then the level of confidence that I bring to it now is going to spark you into saying something ridiculous <laughs> because I don't care and I think I exude that yeah well, and then you'll get made fun of in front of all your friends and you'll never, ever do it yeah. again. Well, the thing is, though, that I, I, I was chatting to Zoe Lyons about this on Sunday because she gets heckled quite a lot as well. And I sort of, I find it funny with people like that. Like the guy going, oh, I was expecting a man. And you listen to that video and you see the whole audience go, what? Like, what? And, and in his head, I guess he must have thought, I'll say this and the whole room will crown me as their king and go, yeah. thank goodness you said it kind sir we were thinking it and he'll he must think he's going to be some sort of hero it's baffling it's baffling to me 
Also, before really you've said anything. Mm. Quite, well, I get, I get that At a least lot. wait and see if I'm funny and well, that, then be sad yeah. about it if I'm not. That was the stupid thing with that video going viral was that I only put it out because when I'd done a Facebook status about a man saying that, a couple of people were like, well, you should have been able to deal with that. Why did you crumble? And I was like, well, hang on a minute. I never said I crumbled. So I put the video out and then it went nuts. Um, but uh, the week before that, I'd been in Nottingham and I'd been called a lesbian before I'd even got to the microphone to say hello um and like again with that you just go well, it's it one it's not an insult yeah Two, would it matter i mean sure if i was yeah okay and then the week after the brighton one i was in bristol and uh, I, I know I was nine minutes in to the first comparing section because I was just about to bring the first act on. And a guy is sort of in his mid-40s in the middle of the room stood up uh, just as I'd said, all right, I'm going to get the first act on now. And so he stood up and I went, well, where are you going? Why are you going to the loo now? Um, and I called him a D-head. Uh, like, okay. And I just went, where are you going, D-head? Like, you know, um, like who leaves jolly. just before the first act comes yeah. on? Like, playing with him. And he turned round and screamed so much abuse at me, called me the worst swear, um, and shouted at me, like, in my face for five, like, a couple of minutes. And there were six stag dudes in who had been sort of ripping me and we were, like, playing about. And even they went, whoa, you've gone too far. And this guy left within nine minutes of the show starting because he was so angry. Uh, at me being there as a compare and then a couple and of weeks just after acknowledging him. yeah and just you know a couple of weeks after I've, I've had in the last month I've had a man square up to me for a fight after oh my goodness <laughs> and it's so nuts if you'd ever seen my comedy it's all about lions yeah I was gonna say it's not like you're particularly nonsense. no I love offensive. silly comedy I'm not re- I'm not an uh, aggressive comedian I'm five foot nothing I'm I'm jolly and a happy happy comic and it seems to really twist something in some people Baines Plus One. It's Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, and the lovely heckler squashing Laura Lex. <laughs> We've been talking about heckling. Now, I asked you some questions before that song. Mm. Do you think uh, comedy should be free of hecklers or do you think it's part of the job? Is it all right? I think it is part of the job, but um, there's limitations on that. So I think heckling can change a show, it can improve it, it can ruin it. But heckling has to be dealt with in a sort of pincer action between the comic and security. Like, so say the heckling Crabs. video. Yeah, you got to crab up with the bouncers. Um, <laughs> they come in out the back and then you start pinching uncles at the front with joke pinching. Um, that's a different subject. Um, no. So like the, the Comedia video, for example, I messed about with that guy for maybe 15 minutes he wouldn't stop interjecting um then the first act came out he was a man so he got left alone and then come the second bit this guy started up at me again and it was like okay fine and then security got rid of him so they gave him 15 minutes they let me play with it but then in a good club they'll recognize that one comic playing with one drunk person is not what the 250 other people have paid to come and see so it's good club policy get rid of them so that people will buy tickets again marvellous well I thoroughly enjoyed the video thanks if, if you haven't seen it where can people check it out uh, on my YouTube channel Laura Lex Comedy on YouTube check it out it's very funny <laughs> that poor man right well not poor man because he started it but yeah. he's I mean, now he been ridiculed across the on. internet so <laughs> now it's time for the interview proper right Laura Lex you are from Somerset mm-hmm. and you studied drama initially Yes. 
So how did how did you go from Som- Somerset girl studying drama to being heckling, squashing, Laura Lex comedian um, in Brighton? So I've always done drama. I've always done drama since I was tiny. Um, and then I went to university right across the country. I went all the way to Kent from Somerset, which was silly in hindsight. Couldn't go home for weekends. Don't do it, kids. Think of your mum. And then I chose Kent University because it's a three-year drama programme and then the fourth year you can specialise in something. And I really wanted to go into radio. They used to do a radio course for your master's degree and you could learn how to do all the sounds and all of the tech stuff and then they cut it. Well, welcome. Hi, yeah, thanks. (laughs) Welcome to the radio world. Um, they they cut that program about six months into my university oh, career, and no. I went, oh bloody hell! I've spent quite a lot of money now on a thing I don't really want. Um, but one of the other specialisms was stand up comedy. So for my fourth year, for my undergraduate masters, I studied stand up. Um, this is amazing. Do you know Tin and Duyeb? Yeah, he did the same course as yes, me. Yes, he of was years on older. the show a few weeks ago. And He's we my tiny Yoda. T is my Yoda. He is the one that gave me the most help when I first started. Uh, when I first left uni, T gave me lists of open mics, um, information on Edinburgh and just endless support and car journeys of him having a gig and going, I can bring this open spot with me. And so I was this like terrible open spot trailing him around the country. That's He's brilliant. an excellent, excellent man. So do you think, so a similar question I asked him actually, do you think doing it at uni and sort of trying it all out there was useful then for the wider world or did you have to relearn when you Um, left uni? I think it helped me because I was very, I'm very analytical and one of the parts of the course was you had to do 10 open mic gigs um, so that you could produce a portfolio on how you thought the different conditions at the gigs affect comedy because it wasn't a course about teaching you to be a stand-up, it was about why does comedy work and what is comedy and how does it, like focusing on stand-up. So it gave me a head start, I suppose, that I'd then done 40 or 50 gigs open mic gigs while I was still a student and it, I didn't have any co- consequences in my life you know I was just messing about um, and there's some good student competitions you can enter which got me a bit of a head start I suppose oh, on the Chortle Student Awards you yeah. did in 2009 but then you see I think that one actually undid me a bit because I got to the finals of this Chortle Student Awards and then was just absolute rubbish in the final I was so bad um <laughs> Like I'd, I'd, I'd not been going very long and I didn't really know all the rules and stuff. So I did new material that I'd never said out loud before at the final of this thing. And then Chortle don't ever take the video of what you've done at the final off YouTube. Oh, so wow. there's just now this awful video of me and obviously that audience room is full of agents and producers and stuff who just went she's dreadful <laughs> and so all these like the Joe Lysett one that year and um, Ian... Oh, I've forgotten his name. That's so stupid. Sterling. Oh, Ian Sterling, yeah, and Tom Rosenthal and Max Dickens, all brilliant comedians, have all gone on to do amazing stuff. And then I had to sort of slowly piece back together <laughs> a bit of a, a reputation for... I do know what I'm doing. I just didn't in that one very important gig then. Well, no, Chortle still love you. You are nominated for Best Compare. Yeah, I was. Chortle Awards. Yeah, that was a bit of a surprise, actually. I didn't expect that. Because I, I, I do a thing called Comedian Cinema Club, which is a load of comics. We meet up and improvise films, and it's nonsense. 
it's brilliant. It's a really good night. And we got nominated for Best Variety Show or something along those lines. So people were tweeting me again, congratulations on the nomination. And I'm thinking, I don't know how, so, how so many people knew I did comedians in what how, how ridiculous. And then I went and had a look and I was like, oh, blimmin' heck, that's, that's pretty cool. Do you, and did you know that they were coming along to any of your gigs or they'd seen them or it was just... No, not at all. I don't know where they saw me because I very rarely gig in London. So I have no idea how they knew I maybe knew what I was Brighton doing. Maybe Brighton contingent. Yeah, maybe. I guess I can't bear comedia <gasps> a, a few times. And no, it was it was nice actually, and it was such good company to be in with the nominations like Jared Christmas that won. He he's so good. He's just effortlessly good. He's one of those people that you watch and you just go, oh Blumenet, you're bloody good. Damn you. Yeah, but also <laughs> not damn you because I don't want you to stop doing that because I like being able to watch it. But you are good. He is good. And you also done the BBC New Comedy Award and yes. the Paramount Student Comedy Award and the Funny Women Awards. Yeah, which I also did in 2014. So do you think? Awards help you on your way? Do they help you learn? <laughs> Are they a nightmare? Well, I've never won an award. I've entered <laughs> lots of them. My CV is a list of things that I've entered and gone no further in. Um, I've only entered female awards and <laughs> um, and I've won one and been in the final and a promoter once told me that I should try and win against some men next time. Yeah. <laughs> so you can never win, really. That's the hard one. That's the race you want to win. Um have they helped you in your career, do you think? I guess, I think awards like that are quite helpful for getting yourself better open spots and getting yourself the open spots at professional gigs. Um, I have always felt, and I don't know whether it's a chip on my shoulder or being bitter about it, I've always felt I wasn't the sort of comic that was going to do well at awards because I'm not quick, um, I'm not a five-minute Doosh, 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 yeah. set piece. Here's boom, bam, bam. I'm a bit weird. Leave you wanting more. I'm very much a let's waffle for a bit. And the longer the sets I've been able to do, the better a comedian I've become. Like doing my first hour last year, I think is what's made me feel on top of the world this year is that stretch of time. Like I like building up scenes. I really like the sort of Josie Long, Eddie Izzard style of comedy where mm. you've got characters left all over the stage and they're all coming into different bits of it and you can't do that in five minutes and win a competition. So um, obviously your show went down very well in Edinburgh. What uh, advice would you give anyone embarking, maybe myself, I don't know, embarking on their first solo show this year? Um, or thinking about it? I think... Do it when you are dying to do it. I left it until my seventh year in Edinburgh. Is that right? Six, six or seventh year in Edinburgh to do an hour. Um, not for any sort of clever reasons, but just I wanted to make sure I absolutely understood why I was doing it and what I was doing it for, because Edinburgh is so ferociously expensive. Yeah. There's just no point doing it if you're like, well, I'll go and do an hour. Someone will put me on the television and then I'll be brilliant. <laughs> you, I think you have to go thinking I'm doing this hour because every day I want to say this hour to some people and you can't expect any more than that. I like that. That's good advice. <laughs> Baines Plus One. It's Baines Plus One on Hoxton Radio with me, Samantha Baines, and the lovely Laura Lex. Yay! Yeah! Oh, wolf whistle, hello. Um, now, it is your chance to interview me, Laura Lex. Excellent. You How can ask me anything you like. 
Now you, because I saw you gig for the first time on Saturday, yes. and uh, you you like Brian Cox, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Have you always had a thing for ex pop stars, <laughs> or is it more his astrological, it's astronomical his, his science, phase? It's love, lovely science. So um, do you do you see the dream years as you know his a mistake. lost years? A mistake. Um, no, I think... No, I just saw him on TV. You see, the thing is, I used to like science when I was at school, but I wasn't necessarily very good at it. But I like science and drama. Um, but I was kind of dissuaded from doing the science stuff because I was good at drama, and they're like, you'll get a be- better marks than that. <laughs> Don't do that one. <laughs> you won't have a and job afterwards, so, so you'll have better marks. Yeah, now. and I'd never heard of anyone who did, like, science and the arts. Crazy. So I picked drama, and obviously I've been having a lovely time. And then I saw this man with excellently beautiful hair, um, Brian Cox on TV, the professor, not the actor, um, talking about the universe on TV and in the arts and doing comedy shows on the radio around science. And I was like, oh, you can do it. Um, and then that's sort of started my love of Brian. Have you met him before? No. But I've done a lot of science gigs where people in the audience have known him and have had his number on their phone. And I have st- stood at the door on the way out and said to them one by one, can I have his number? Can I have his number? Do you have his number? And I didn't get it. Ah. Uh. But so what you can learn from that is that his friends, he's obviously a nice guy because his friends are quite protective of him. <laughs> They're not just shoving his number out like, yeah, ring him in the middle of the night, send him your toenails. Uh, well, I've heard mixed reviews. Oh. Some people say he's lovely and some people say he's not so lovely. So, wow. which is the way with everyone, isn't it? Yeah. If everybody thinks you're lovely, you're doing something wrong. Well, please, yeah. Loads yeah. of people get annoyed with me on the internet all the time, mainly about Why? the articles that I write. So... They don't think I'm lovely. What what so what do you get abused for for writing about? Um, well, I recently wrote an article for Time Out um, about the London Marathon being a nuisance. Right. Now it was a comedy article, and I obviously said it raises tons for charity, and that's really cool. And the runners who do it are very dedicated, and that's amazing for them. But if you're not into running, like if you don't enjoy it, you just do it when you have to run for a bus type running. The whole of London shuts down for like yeah. four days and it is a nuisance. Yeah. And also it's mind-numbingly boring to watch on TV. Oh, yeah. They're running. Still running. Yeah. I reckon it's one of those things where it's like if you're there, the atmosphere is probably amazing. Well, yeah. But for everybody else... This is what I hear. But that's the thing, though. People got not... very annoyed, though, on the internet. Yeah, but then... Getting annoyed at the internet with you having had the alternative opinion. It's like, it's not like anybody from London City Council is going to go, oh, all right, then yeah, we won't do it next year, good point. <laughs> Thanks, Samantha, for drawing that to our attention. They're not going to do that, is it? So, like, yeah. the guys that are annoyed with you, shut up, because you've had your day, you've had what you wanted, and all this poor, silly woman in Time Out's got is 800 words to write her silly opinion. <laughs> I didn't even get that, I got, like, 600. 600 words, look yeah. at that. So you've had your marathon, shut up and let those of us that hate moving and or other people's joy yes. enjoy a scathing article about Thank it. Thank you. And it was a comedy tongue-in-cheek article. I, I don't think you know, anyone would read it and think I genuinely hated the Well, London I Marathon. genuinely do hate it and think it should be stopped. Do you? Yeah. The Brighton one or the London one? All of them. They're all okay. stupid. 
There's just so many more interesting things you could do with four and a half hours than run around a city, cycle around it, do it a lot quicker, and then go and do something with your day. Yeah. It's so pointless. Also, they've scheduled it so it's like right through the most populated bits of mm. London that are the most expensive to buy houses in. Yeah. Which is obviously lovely for the runners, but it means that if you want to go anywhere, you can't. No. Well, so anyway. I mean, my, I don't live in London and I'm not that big a fan of cities in general. I find it quite hard to get anywhere when there's not a marathon well, going exactly. on. Let alone when just a load of gits are running around. The tube is a confusing place. Yeah. I mean, just why not do the run just somewhere in the middle of nowhere? Well, Exactly. I suggested Devon, but then someone from Devon was like, please, no. Um, yeah. But also, like, Tim Peake, he did it in space. So much more convenient, just oh. on a treadmill. We'll just get a big warehouse and put loads of people on yeah. treadmills. And then we'll find out who's doing it because they actually like running 26.2 miles and who's doing it because it's a bit of a cool thing to do and then I get to talk to people about my personal best and how much my knees hurt. <laughs> exactly. I'm not a runner. I don't know if you can tell. Me neither. I'm not very. Well, have you? What's the biggest trainer? Yeah. What's the most um, physically challenging thing you've ever done? There's not a long list to choose from. (laughs) I don't even know if there's a short list. Um, Physically challenging climbing Arthur's seat, probably. Just a walk, like a long walk. When we were younger, we used to go on like ten mile walks with my parents. Have you got siblings? That sounded like a sibling. My little sister. But I, apparently I used to have tantrums and yeah. just be like, I'm not working, walking any further and then just sit there <laughs> and they just walk off and then yeah. I'd have to catch up. Well, it's pointless. I've not walking done Walking is like mode one of doing anything. We've invented so many other better ways to travel. Why wouldn't you do them? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, God, I feel really bad that I've not done anything physically challenging. I once did a... I juiced for... Th- Two and a half days, and what, that was horrific mixture. Yeah, all where all you have is juice. Ugh. It was horrible experience. See, I I hate stuff like that. I'm really anti that. I to, to full disclosure, I go to the gym quite a lot. I, mm. I do quite like going to the gym, but only because I feel like I should be able to do some basic things using my body. I yeah. think I'm really anti looking a certain like level of skinniness just for the sake of being skinny or whatever I, th- I think it I would be embarrassed if I couldn't run for a bus without feeling sick so I I like to be at a certain level of like able but, to but do the things I physically should do how far away is the bus do. well exactly why am I getting a bus anyway where's my car what what am I doing with my life that <laughs> I'm on a bus scooter yes where's this person Not that should just carry me places push ones just the motorised ones well even those are better than walking because some of it, you're scooting. That's great. <laughs> yeah. One last question. Uh, for you? Yeah, in my yeah. interview. All right, then. Um, oh, where are you from? London. Oh, whereabouts? I'm, I'm I only gave you one last question. question. <laughs> um, well, I've lived all over London, so I was born in but London Bridge. But you're London, Bridge. born and bred? Yeah. You were born in London Bridge right in the middle of it all? Yeah, in the that middle of it all. Me. All those bridges see growing up in the countryside like I remember my friend that was from London I remember her driving me to the New Forest once for a gig when I couldn't drive and seeing wild ponies and her just going she had no idea that ponies were wild that you could have wild things like that wild ponies not horses yeah well I didn't know that was a thing what ponies see what's wrong with you city people how do you know but ponies are different from horses aren't they oh no 
Wild Exmoor ponies. They're like wild. What? Mm. Let's Google it. Maybe I don't know. Either. ASAP. If you were listening and you know if there's wild ponies or not, please tweet me at Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S. Don't tweet me, please. I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> at Laura Lex. Baines plus one. It's Baines plus one with me, Samantha Baines, and at Laura Lex, double X on Twitter. <laughs> oh, I like that sound that effect. That was the sound of two X's happening. <laughs> I liked it. Like X-Men double. Okay. Uh, it's time for the news. Yes. Laura, can you read us just the headlines, please? The headlines of our news stories are Inflatable Angel, Bloody Late Delivery, Weasel in the Works, World's Worst CV, and Ladies Cosmetics Heavy Lane. Those are the headlines on Baines Plus One. So uh, let's have a look at this. This is... I, can't, I don't know whether to laugh or just go, oh... This is a guy who, whilst at work off the Indonesian coast late last week, a local fisherman, he found a life-size inflatable human doll and he rescued it and believed that it was an angel and took her home and his mother dressed her up in a dress and a hijab and they began to care for her as a living being. And this is because uh, Indonesia has recently had a solar eclipse, which many of the locals regard as a very spiritual occurrence. And so the fishermen thought that this was sort of an angel that appeared at at the same time. Um, But the police investigated it and obviously announced that the angel was a sex toy and it had to be removed. What do you um, think, Laura Lex? I mean, <gasps> sure. It. I mean, yeah, thinking Speechless. an inflatable doll is an angel. It's no weirder to me than wasting every Sunday morning in a cold building, but, but I mean, crack on. So I mean, so sweet of him, though, to, like... They were trying to feed it. And I mean, it's it not up. every guy that could bring an inflatable doll home and then his mum's there going, what have you got there, Henry? Oh, um, I'm not going to do anything rude to it, mother. It's an angel. Henry, I... well-known Indonesian well, name. Yes. Can I borrow some of your clothes, mother? I want to dress my new girlfriend, a, a, a angel. In this, please. It, I, it sounds to me like Henry the Indonesian fisherman has nailed lying to his mother about why he's brought an inflatable <laughs> okay. doll home, to be I honest. See. Well, the whole town were very excited because they thought of there was an angel were. in their midst. They, they no need to pay for the local brothel anymore because Henry's angel is very willing. I wonder, you know, maybe because if it was a local town, maybe they hadn't seen a sort of inflatable doll before or even a sort of blonde white woman before yeah which is why maybe it took on a certain status maybe he thought that like the inflatable was possessed by an angel and that's why the inflatable had been brought to him in his hour of need yes and you know i mean oh sure poor henry (laughs) we've named you henry bloody late delivery so this is in america of a 68 year old retired man was driving his car and, you know, they tend to drive slowly, sometimes just some. Um, he spotted a box which was blocking the road and on the box was a sticker saying human blood. So he didn't know what to do. <laughs> so he just popped it in the back of his car, drove to the local police station uh, where he announced, uh, I've just found a big box of blood, human blood. Um, and bizarrely, the police weren't very surprised and they just rang the local Red Cross where the lab technician was like, oh yeah, we've lost one of them. Can you bring it over? <laughs> and uh, the police report on the incident said that the good news is it wasn't struck by a car or a truck and was undamaged. Good to go. 
Can you imagine how awful that would be if you were just driving along and then all of a sudden all this blood is all yeah. over your car? <laughs> you'd you get out and there's it. no body there. Then you'd think you'd met an angel and you'd just... Oh <laughs> killed my God, an angel. I've killed a box. How has this happened? Oh, that mosquito was storing yeah. up a lot. Oh, he was a hungry little beast. Also, yeah. it scares me that it was left on a road and, and they've said good to go like they're still going to use it mate blood's was blood it re- isn't it yeah but was it like refrigerated surely it can I'm sure it's fine my blood's not refrigerated <laughs> now it's fine Does I've blood replaced grow my blood mold? with vodka several times in my life and it's so right isn't it yeah, but your blood is being pumped around your body and extra oxygen's being put into it in a little pot on a road yeah well, maybe when it's in those I mean, airtight I'm worried. bags, yeah, it'll maybe be all it's right. Fine. What's maybe the it's fine. because things? This is the trouble, isn't it? People are too keen with best before and use by. <laughs> it might not be at its peak, but if I'm in a transfusion and I'm going to die or have some box blood, give me some box blood. I'll okay. try it. Fair enough. Would you eat fish after the use by day? Um, I have done two <laughs> spectacular results. Okay. So no no to fish, but yes to blood. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Uh, Weasel in the works. I've written my poem on this this week. This is last week uh, at CERN, the Large Hadron Collider. Uh, I'll tell you my joke again. I told my joke earlier. It's not going to appear in my show because it's not good enough. Um, but I'll, it's good enough for you guys. Sorry. And um, the Large Hadron Collider is trying to isolate the God particle. Um, so what it does, it basically throws two particles together and sees what happens. It's like a Jamie Oliver recipe. There you go. So uh, the Large Hadron Collider in Switzerland was put out of action by a hungry weasel. (laughs) So the weasel bit through a wire on the machine, which cost £3.74 billion. And they've called it a severe electrical perturbation. Perturbation? Mm, Perturbation. So it bit through and it died because it was 66,000 volts. And there wasn't very much of it. It didn't just die, this weasel. There wasn't very much of it left. But the machine will be up and running again in a couple of days. So don't you worry. God, I love the idea that maybe the weasel was, like, working for for religion or something. You know, like, the weasel's like, don't find it! And this weasel's part of an underground movement trying to undermine the work of the Large Hadron Collider. They were just about to make a break. (laughs) The weasel got make a great film, wasn't it? You have just... We're on the same wavelength. Wait <laughs> wait until you hear my poem. That's all I'm saying. Wait until you hear. Shotgun the rights to that film. Okay. <laughs> World's Worst CV. A professor at Princeton University in America has a published a CV that he calls his CV of failures, and it's gone viral. So this is a psychology professor, Johannes Jushofer. I'm going to go with that. That's a pronunciation. Um, he decided to publish a list of his career failures to show his students and people that everyone experiences disappointment and your CV normally lists all your successes, but you never hear, is that, you know, your successes are visible, but you never hear about all the failures. Um, so that he said that this is an attempt to balance the record and provide some perspective. So it gives a list of all his rejections from degree courses, academic positions, fellowships, awards, rejections of his papers. And it finishes with the subheading heading meta failures. Uh, 
um, where he notes the popularity of his CV, saying, this darn CV of failures has received way more attention than my entire <laughs> body of academic work. He's also said, dear everyone writing your own CV of failures, just to point out, I'm not aware of scientific evidence saying it does any good for you, because <laughs> lots of people have joined in. What do you think about this? I like that. I was a bit sceptical right up until the end, because I thought, well, it's all right for you. You're a Princeton University professor. <laughs> what about the rest of us? Hello, Glee. Please can I have a gig this weekend? I died on my ass at Comedy Versions three years ago. Like It doesn't really work unless you've already reached the peak, but then I really like that. <laughs> Going, whoa, hang on a minute. If you ruin your own life, please don't blame Chill me. Out. Can you imagine what a comedian CV of failures would read? <laughs> the amount of gigs there would be on there that you didn't get. Yeah, but... but I like you, the idea of it, though. You do have to fail to be good at comedy. Because... Mm. Because... I and think life, really. It, yeah. If only to show yourself that it's really not the end of the world when you do. Because, do you know what I mean? When people say to you when Although you're a comic... it does comic, feel go, like the end of the world. Oh, yeah. Like, I've left a gig and cried. Yeah, I've cried during gigs. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. But... Like people, because you know when people say to you, like, oh, "I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it," and you think, "Well, why couldn't you? It's not like you're gonna die. All that's gonna happen is that these people in this room tonight might not think you're that funny. And once 250 people have on mass have gone, you're not funny. Once you just go, well, that's as bad as failing gets. Done. Next one. <laughs> I like that attitude. <laughs> I just go home and I'm like, must be better, must be better, rocking in a corner. Yeah. Ladies Cosmetic Heavy Lane. In an airport in central China, they've brought in a women-only lane to try and improve the flow of passion just across security checks. So they've introduced a single-sex lane check to increase speed because apparently women have so many cosmetics and it, they take longer to check. And apparently efficiency has improved by 25%. It's met with mixed reviews. One enthusiastic female traveller said it was like a VIP service for women. That's how they sound in China. Um, and on social media, people have asked why there isn't a lane for the disabled and the elderly. What do you reckon, Laura? Would you go in a lane for cosmetics? I think a better idea might just be to sort of start to create a society where women don't have to paint over every inch of their body every time they wake up and leave the house. And then there wouldn't be the, like, women take ages to get ready and have loads of stuff in airports, but we're just trying to subscribe to your patriarchal views on beauty. <laughs> so I'll be a lot quicker at the airport if you don't say that I look ill or tired just because I haven't painted everything from my forehead to my toes. Because I'm going on a 12-hour flight exactly. and I can't be makeup on. Also, it's not all women that wear loads of makeup. No. We could say, oh, we're going to have a lane for men because they bring so much technology with them and yeah. that needs to be checked. But it's not all men that bring loads of no. technology and some and women do too. Means. And some men have makeup. Yeah. So maybe it should just be a makeup lane. Or maybe just idiots don't go to the airport just if you're too stupid to get through security quickly just stay in your own country they don't need you in someone else's okay I like Laura Lex <laughs> answers to the world very nice um, uh, coming up next we've got a poem of the week after this Baines plus one you're listening to Baines plus one on Hoxton radio my lovely guest Laura Lex is here I am She's wearing pink headphones. Yeah, I really like wearing the headphones. I feel all important and technical. Do you feel radio-y? Yes. Should we let in uh, people into the radio technique of how you wear the headphones? Yes. So sometimes when this is backstage gossip, um, <laughs> you can just move one ear off your own ear and then you can listen to the real world as well as the, the headphone world and you look v-profesh. 
You do. There's the radio technique. Yeah. They even do it. They do it on all the shows, you know. Well, my dream one day is to be the travel woman on BBC Radio 2. Is it? Yeah. That would be my dream job. My dream is to have Chris Evans' breakfast show on Radio oh, 2. Oh, can I do the travel yes, woman? Yes, you can. I really want to be the next Bobby Pryor or Sally Traffic. Can I involved. hear your travel voice? The M25 in both directions from Junction 11 for Chertsey round to 16 for the M40. It's stop-start traffic there. You won't get out of third gear on that bit. Avoid the area if you can. So good. Just see. I would definitely have I love motorways and I love radio. That's all I want to do in my life. Yes. Great. And then I'll come on after that. Oh, I don't drive. I don't know what she's chatting about. Yeah. Right, it's time for the poem of the week. Oh, right. Do you have your poem ready? I do, Joy yes. Lex has written a poem. I wrote, well, I wrote two poems because I wrote a poem and then I remembered <laughs> it was meant to be funny and I hadn't oh, yeah. written a funny one. So this is my slightly rubbisher one that I wrote somewhere around Dalston Junction when I realised it was meant to be funny. Okay, great. So, <laughs> Does it have a title? Um, it is, we'll call it Brighton to London. Okay. <laughs> Can you tell what the theme is? So, at first I was sitting by the sea, but work is dragging me into the city. See, because poems have to rhyme. Um, All the trains are late. Isn't London great? Whoever you vote for mayor today, can you make them a little less poopy? <laughs> Excellent poem. Because I couldn't rhyme at the end because it needs to be clean like as it. a whistle. You threw us off. Yeah. With, with your my rhyme. rhyme skill. I loved it. Do you want to read the other one as well? Um, my other one is the same point, but just I was trying to be all like beat poetry. Oh. But I, I want to hear it. Come on. <laughs> I'm so sorry to any beat poets out there. Oh, I mean, it's rubbish. It's really rubbish, but I was trying to be like meaningful and 15 years old. Okay. So here you go. It's on the same theme of, of the elections today. Um, eight years of crazy hair. Who will replace him as London mayor? But with new Game of Thrones started, does anyone even care? <laughs> Some head to the polls to keep out the polls, among others, obs. Some head for stability to keep Britain great, keep Britain grateful, hateful, we're full, fearful. Some head for change, for turbines, for frustration, for toppling Eton, for saying loudly they did something, anything. Some do nothing. Some voted toast or cereal, pret or wasabi, walk or bus, flats or heels, a hundred tiny votes today, but not the big one, because your vote for leaders is the only one that doesn't make a difference. I only compete in votes of one, votes I've won, votes for fun. My vote makes no difference. I'm too small. Let them send me to the wall. In a population of this size, I choose tyranny. Democracy is a single man's game. Hello. See, I'm moody and serious and I make clever points about Excellent rhymes. poetry. Like I could just imagine you like with a beret on, yeah. uh, just being really with a moustache. You know, I do a show in London quite a lot called um, Stand Up and Slam, which is beat poetry versus stand up. And every time I do it, you're meant to be really tongue in cheek about how much you hate the other person's art form, but I genuinely hate poetry. So <laughs> I always take it a bit too far. So me asking you to write a poem for the show was a really pleasurable experience. Yeah. Well, I, d- I did it, though, on the train on you the way did here. It. I took Thank a real you did it. Yeah, so I always write mine on the bus on the way here. So, And I base them on a news story. So this is about the Large Hadron Collider, and it's called Animals are Bad for Science. 
CERN has shut down the Large Hadron Collider because of an extremely Weasley insider. It's only for a couple of days while they check for more rodent strays. You see a weasel found its way in and committed a large science sin. It chewed through a 66,000 volt cable and ended up on a vet's table for a circuit intent on proving the God particle. I do find it quite remarkable that it has accidentally killed. Do you think it's God willed? I do hope Ratty and Toad are okay. Weasel was always the villain in that play. Animals just don't seem to like LHC. They're on a rampant destruction spree. A pigeon even had a go. Yes, a bird ruined the show. It broke the capacitor by dropping some baguette. Has this bird lost its little French tet? A fresh baguette from France you would never lose by chance. No, the animals are taking back control. And it's scientists who will feel the toll. For centuries they've been hibernating and resting and now they're they'll get and now they'll get their own backs for all that animal testing. I can't imagine a seventeen mile long circuit will win the fight when the rodents of air and ground unite. Thank you. It's kind of a, a manifesto for animals getting their own back on science experiments. Yeah. So it's I one like of the it. most intense uh, ones I've ever written, but there you go. I like to imagine the weasel had on like a big T-shirt with like a scientist having shampoo dripped in his eye. Like, no, <laughs> say no to this, you know? Yeah. Test me, I'll get you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a bat for lashes and we'll be back. Good, to hear bats. Bats. She's so good, guys. I've lined it up perfectly. Baines Plus One. It's Hoxton Radio with me, Samantha Baines. You are listening to Baines Plus One. We're nearly at the end, but Laura Lex has been here. Yay, plus one. Yay, thanks for being my plus one. Thanks for inviting me to be your plus one, babes. No worries. Now, we haven't chatted about, you write some articles for Standard Issue. I do, Yes, yes. Most of them are about motorways because I'm not joking when I say I love motorways. I'm currently doing a review of um, of British roads, uh, sort of one by one. So, so far I've done the A303 and the M25. I'm working on the M5 at the moment. Um, so if you have any suggestions about roads you particularly love or hate that oh, you want yeah. me to investigate, let me know and I will look into it. Excellent. I'm a very interesting human. Can people just tweet you names of roads? Yeah, yeah. But you maybe tell me why you like it or dislike like it like if you hate it that's fine too or traffic or if there's spectacular things because like I started with the A303 which for me is the best road in the UK it's beautiful it's it goes past Stonehenge it goes through a lot of the it goes all the way from um Hampshire was it Wiltshire I can't remember one of those one of the shires one of the shires (laughs) right the way down to sort of Exeter down into into proper Devon and it just goes through some incredible countryside so oh, I wrote wow. about that one to begin with. I went to once. I once went to summer solstice in Stonehenge. It's oh. a very out of body experience. I think there should be a tunnel for locals to go past Stonehenge because it causes so much traffic. And honestly, when you've spent thirty years driving past it and you just couldn't <laughs> give a fig about these rocks anymore, you're like, just get me out of this traffic. I'm not a tourist. I don't care. It's very. Fu- it's fun during the solstice. Yeah, there's a great pig People farm like on the stand- other side of the room. If you're oh, a, a Stonehenge apologist you can look the other way and be like i'm all about the pigs great um so how so you write a lot so you write for standard issue you've got your own blog as well yeah i write i write quite i love writing i really love writing i'm working on some sitcoms and some different bits and pieces and i think writing for me is a really good way to melt down what i want to talk about in stand-up because i think stand-up 
is a certain thing for me and it's a world of like imagery and, and quick fire patterns in your mind whereas a lot of my writing is just a bit too wishy-washy to be stand-up so I quite like turning it into something else and finding the best format for it so mm. like so where can we find your blog uh, my blog, I think it's lauralex.blogspot.com or .co.uk. Search Lauralex blog and it will come up. There's a, I just put something up yesterday or the day before, so there's something good up there for you to read. And is that all road and motorway based? Or No, I actually I got abused in the street. I, I stepped out of my house on Monday, I think it was Monday, and a man coming the other way looked me up and down and went, well, your thighs just ruined my day. Oh, my. Um, so I... I, uh, I wrote a piece uh, back to him about me and my day-ruining thighs and eight ways... <laughs> it's called Eight Ways My Thighs Could Ruin Your Life and um, I came up with some inventive ideas for how thighs could genuinely ruin his day. Wow. Um, I, I definitely want to read it now. <laughs> I'm going to be going on that ASAP. Um, also, you're doing a lot of writing at the moment because you're creating your new Edinburgh show. Yeah. Tell us the amazing title. So my new show is Tyrannosaurus Lex... Um, so good. <laughs> mainly because I just wanted to put loads of dinosaurs on the posters. I've got a seven-year-old and a four-year-old nephew, and they love dinosaurs. And I peaked this year because I, I had my haircut, and my seven-year-old nephew asked the hairdresser for a haircut just like Auntie Laura's. And I was like, <laughs> I'm the coolest woman in the world! I'm winning. <laughs> so I thought, if I can have dinosaurs on my poster, then I've secured this best aunt gem Definitely. ever. Um, but the show is all about sort of evolving as a person, hence the ten dinosaur okay. yeah yeah so um so yeah I, I got married last year and I shaved my head and um I uh sort of deal with some anxiety and food issues and things that I am working on the show as a concept of are you a person that is a thing or are you always just reacting to whatever's currently happening to you? So, like, when I got married and I suddenly... Moving in with a guy, for me, was a real, like, this is awful, I'm not being myself. But then I was like, maybe this is myself. And <laughs> I was I, I was always being a weirdo when I lived on my own. And this is who I actually am. So what is yourself when you're feeling yourself and that kind of thing? But it's all done via the medium mm. of various animals that I am enacting because <laughs> I seem to be unable to write an Edinburgh show that doesn't involve a David Attenborough sketch excellent <laughs> looking forward to it and there's some London previews isn't there where we can come and see it yes in June I and June and July I'm at places like the Camden Head or the new Wimbledon Theatre and I will be trying out it's it's in good shape so it won't be a complete work in progress of me reading off bits of paper but it will be a sort of embryonic stage of the show yes oh very exciting yeah. for Alex thank you so much for being my plus thank one thank you for having me thank yeah. you very much um, do follow her on Twitter at Laura Lex with two X's yeah. and check out her new show and the blot I'm definitely going to read about <laughs> I'm going to read about your thighs, thighs. with uh, I imagine a lot of people across the UK and the world yeah um, it took off that blog actually it's had a good 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 number of hits the thigh blog lovely lovely Baines Plus One you've been listening to Baines Plus One with me Samantha Baines and the brilliant Laura Lex if you enjoyed the show please do keep tweeting about it at Samantha Baines B-A-I-N-E-S with the hashtag Baines Plus One thank you so much to our listeners from all over the world uh, for tuning in and subscribing please keep spreading the word telling your friends and do leave us a cheeky five star review thanks 